The Everything Else is powered by Abstracta and Learning. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of The Everything Else. I'm Mer. And I'm Vera. And today we're talking about a long-awaited topic, teamwork. Teamwork makes the dream work. It's going to be full of cliches today. I can feel it. It is. And you know what? I'm not ashamed to admit it because there's a reason why they're cliches. Because they're universal truths that we've somehow managed to take all the meaning out of. But yeah, you have a point. There's a reason why they're cliche, right? You have a point there. Now, All right. So today we are talking about people doing things together. Mm -hmm. It can be working together. You can be doing other things together. Mm -hmm. In short, People. That's right. Listeners, be warned. This episode contains high doses of humanness. Is it humanness? Humanity? Humanness. Humanness, I guess. Humanness. So today we're going to refer to those moments when, as Pichon Riviere mentioned... Pichon Riviere? Yeah, he's French, Swiss, Argentinian. Um, he mentioned a group of people. It can be two or more humans. All right. Humans? It has to be humans for this? Hmm. Um, hmm. Can AI do teamwork, do you think? Hmm. I suspect they can, and they will, and they'll do it better than us. We can talk about this in another, in a soundbite. Sound in a soundbite. Soundbite right. material. Go ahead. Okay, Go so two or, or more, more people who spend some time and share space to attend a task, whatever it is that they want or need to do, to address a common goal. All right, so this is your definition. You moved up from Wikipedia. Yeah. You got a <laughs> Pichon Riviere. All right. <laughs> Um, <laughs> I'm gonna play devil's advocate here because I think that everything that you mentioned is essential, but it's not enough. I've been in situations with all the defined characteristics that you mentioned where teamwork doesn't happen. We're working in teams, but the teamwork isn't happening. Hmm. <laughs> I got her. <laughs> I've been there too, you okay. know? But hang on. Okay, we're going to get to that part in a bit. All right. Sit tight. Yes. Mm -hmm. Let's get back to more basic aspects. I was. I thought you were going to go to more basic aspects. Like, can we have teamwork in a virtual world? Ah, you know me too well. You know, when, when you said space, like share a space, I thought about that. Depending on the day and on the team I'm working with, I oscillate from, of course, we can do teamwork virtually to suppressing a potential tantrum in meetings because I desperately want to jump through the screen in the meetings to touch people. Usually it's to shake people now that I think about it. I think it's the frustration. Um, I suppose it's a question of having the right people with the right tools, maybe. Mm -hmm. What do you think? I, I think we're going through a historical moment, you know? I think it can, though I oscillate at times, as you said, but it can happen. Now, even if it's virtual, the team needs to meet to affect one another, right? To coordinate roles, not just to yeah. shake them. I can't do teamwork without some type of synchronous work. Mm -hmm. I yes. physically need to see people live, even if it's through a screen. What about you? Synchronous for me is not just seeing them even through a screen it's a bit further i would say i actually need to see the humanness in the other okay to do the work like putting the camera on is great but if the other person is typing frantically or you feel they are not paying attention it doesn't do the trick for me okay you know i need to connect on some level connection Though it's rare, I know that it can even happen without the screen on. Okay, maybe, yeah, you could be talking on the phone mm -hmm. also. So yeah. connection and presence, maybe. Mm -hmm. Presence. 
Okay, so teamwork. I, I have some burning questions on this topic. Sure you do. <laughs> As with every topic that we talk about. This is fascinating. It's fascinating. <laughs> We've never said that before. But I, I want to make a big disclaimer before because we're talking about teams, but we're not only talking about work. Right? Like in so, everything. Like in everything. But it, I think it's really important. Sometimes we think about teamwork and really I think we have to think about all potential teams like a life partner. I think this is one of my biggest teams, at least, mm -hmm. or my perception. Your siblings, a sports team, and of course your work buddies, right? But you know, think about the wholeness. Okay, back to the burning questions. <laughs> hmm. Are we all... I have, I have questions for you. We're calling Veda <laughs> the shrink today. Are we all team players? Are we all cut out to work well in teams? What do you think? Hmm. <laughs> She's eye-rolling. Eye-rolling. Eye but I'd say potentially yes. Oh, that's an interesting one. Potentially yes. We are all social beings and we all need others. We are with others. However... However... Dun, big dun, however dun. here our society has promoted a lot of behaviors that do not go in this line of collaboration okay. of seeing others as someone who can potentially compliment me mm -hmm. rather we see this in a scarcity mindset in a very straightforward understanding of darwin's theory of the survival of the fittest you okay. know when things are challenging we even call them competitive as we are fighting for our own survival mm -hmm. And I'd go further than competitive. In the business world, the terminology has historically been so violent yes. when we're talking about existing with others, right? We talk about dog eat dog. Dog eat dog. <laughs> Have you ever seen that happen in reality, right? Cut throat. The, <laughs> the law of the jungle. It does seem a little bit defensive, I get what you A little bit. A <laughs> little bit. Yeah, if you're looking to feel offended. And, and this defensiveness is not just at work. Mm -hmm. We do this in all relationships, like when we get hurt, and then it becomes harder for us to trust others. Relationships of all kinds become very transactional when we do this. Right, when we get sucked up into the, the, the hurt. Yes. Okay. Go on, but in, in the Western world, we're used to this idea that you're talking about. This So used to dog, it, dog, but we dog. don't see that it's this is a worldview. Mm, it's exactly. normalized. It's normalized. It hasn't always been like this. Communities used to be the only important thing, actually. Mm -hmm. And in some countries, it still is. As a reaction to that, we put this stress on the importance of the individual. And psychology has done a lot in favor of this. And so with this, we've lost the sense of power groups have. Like we've gone from one extreme to the other. And actually, if I may say it, I know for many this can seem quite radical, but we need to face the truth that although we have achieved much, the consequences have been very high too. Mm. So our planet is showing us that we need to reconsider this way of thinking ASAP. And, and there are other options. There are other options. When we take perspective, we can see options. And I think many people are looking for their visions of this, you know. Since we're talking about nature, mm -hmm. nature does not work like that. You said dog eat dog, eat dog world, that doesn't happen, right? <laughs> and visions that are more attuned with an abundance model as the one the natural world has implies a whole different outlook. Okay. Professionals of all fields who teach, mentor, help others, people who offer and share openly what they know, what they create, we can see amazing things coming out of collaboration and teamwork in the world of art and science, in the world in itself. 
<laughs> comes the shiny, oh, the, the shiny hippie, version of it. The hippie. <laughs> All right, but there are companies that are run understanding their role in in the bigger picture, yes. right? Now, totally. All right, and this is not a hippie thing. No, I mean, maybe. I maybe it's when you when you say abundance model, you know, you you think essential oils and yoga pants, but but I. I it sounds hippie because it's radical and it's radical. It's sometimes it's a little difficult to and to it's non-violent move. in a way yes yes um and and it's a way to it's it's a defense mechanism i think to say that it's hippie right mm -hmm. maybe it's it's a lot of new words together that we don't feel comfortable with but there are other options there to, are other to being options. focused on the individual now we've established that potentially we are all wired to work in groups and in communities but there are some people who work better in teams than others. True. Right? And it's a skill that we need to work on. That's why we're talking about it here. But, and again, <whistles> I'd like to call that other shrink. Why is it that some people work well in groups and others don't? I have a feeling that the word ego might come up. You know, I'm not so you know, sure it's ego. Just when I thought I had a death. Ah. Just when I thought I could go and bring people to my divan. Because ego is a word that is overused and many times we change the meaning. Okay. We all need our egos. It's what negotiates between what is in our mind and what isn't. Now, I think the word self-esteem needs to come up more often here. Okay, go on. A healthy self-esteem would be one that is not distorted by our own thoughts. Like people oftentimes have distorted visions of themselves. They either think too much of themselves or too little of themselves. And many times this happens to the same person. This is some pretty important yes. stuff that you unpacked right there. Okay. So it's not rare. And when I say people, of course, we're talking about, we're also talking about ourselves. <laughs> <laughs> so this is not rare. Um, but it's difficult actually is to be realistic, sharing a realistic view of the role you can play in the team. Right, this we, is the challenge. This to is be the as challenge. realistic as possible about the role that you can play the in good, the team. The good, the bad and the ugly, okay. you know? Right. When you know yourself, you appreciate what you bring to the table and you've come to terms with your own limitations. You have a deep understanding of your difficulties you can see what others do and what they add to the equation in a non-threatening way. Mm -hmm. And once you understand that your limitations don't make you weak, I think, is When you come key, to terms with that, others. Right? That they don't make you weak, they make you human. The, exactly. This acceptance that we're always of talking about. Of the humanness. About, of the humanness in ourselves. This may be one of the biggest challenges in life, right? Accepting yourself. Yes. Challenging, indeed but totally worth it. Mm -hmm. Because when you accept your own humanness, you also get to see what others bring and as ways to enrich your own stuff, you know, complement your ideas, you can learn from them, you can even lean on them and ask them when you need help. If it brings you closer, it brings connection. Mm -hmm. It's that level of humbleness that makes you a good team player. And it's like know thyself, team edition this time. We could summarize all the seasons with know thyself different versions, right? Yeah. <laughs> so, um, how can we explore this apart from therapy? Hmm, I got therapy, you therapy. <laughs> but you know, like all life skills, we learn them living. So it starts shaping, this starts shaping when you are interacting with your siblings, sharing with your cousins, your friends from your friends from early childhood right. onwards. I mean, playing sports at school. All these things expose us to, diff to opportunities where you learn about this. 
So if you did sports in a very competitive environment, let's say, it exposes you to certain worldviews, mm. certain experiences. If you see your high school classmates as winners or losers, yeah. mm, if you've attended a school where people were frequently bullied. Yeah, I get what you mean. Like these early experiences of how we deal with others are going to shape our performance and views regarding teams. And the defensive mechanisms mm -hmm. that we use to deal with them. Now, we've spoken a bit about the individual and the work you have to do as a human to improve your performance in a team. Let's talk a bit more about the actual team, the two or more humans that you <laughs> mentioned before. Is it always possible to make teamwork work? <laughs> sometimes it feels forced and sometimes it flows so easily. What do you think? Yeah, we've discussed this and actually talked about our own relationship and sometimes Like, the connection runs deep and it feels like magic. Yeah, well, running the risk of being yelled, get a room! This podcast and how we started working together has been really easy. Not perfect, but it's always flowed. Like, we've always understood what each one brings to the table and how we benefit from each other. And there's been such an openness to adapt to our individual ways of, of working that at the beginning we didn't even know what they were. I didn't know how I would start a podcast. Right? It was no, just like, no, oh, no. I'm, I'm going to do this. Oh, okay, I interacted with that. That's not, I think it's a rare thing. And I've only been in a couple of team situations in my life where this has happened. Yeah, it's not the most common thing, right? Uh, what... What usually happens is that you have to work a lot on making it work. Mm. And sometimes it doesn't, It no matter how much or what you do, it, it doesn't happen. You know, what that brings me is cherish when it does happen. Mm. Sometimes it doesn't happen and maybe we should normalize giving up on a team when it doesn't flow and you've tried everything. You know, it might be time to rethink the roles or even changing the people. Sometimes the magic doesn't happen. Like our friend Susan David says, there's a time to grit and a time to quit. And this does not mean you try once, twice, and it's just a magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you don't just abandon it because the magic doesn't happen the first times. Mm -hmm. But I totally see the value in perseverance, but I cannot help feeling that sometimes we insist on certain relationships without seriously asking why. Yeah, why am I still trying this hard to make this happen? Yeah, at that point, perseverance starts being more like stubbornness, you know? Mm. Yeah, so make the grit purposeful. Yes. <laughs> Not just to avoid the, the sunken cost yeah. because you've been doing it until now and so now so, it has to work. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And this applies to all the other teams, <laughs> not just work. <laughs> Leave your spouses. No. no. <laughs> <laughs> all right. What does this mean in practice? I love this prompt. It's like, all right, let's get to the nitty gritty part of actually functioning in teams, right? So Bruce Tuckman talks about the stages of teams and he has a model that simplifies the phases of a team. It's nice and simple to remember and anyone who has worked as a team will recognize these stages, right? Even in the best of teams, these stages are inevitable for a team to grow and to face challenges. So he mentions form, storm, norm and perform. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> It's nice and marketing, not to say it, but to read it. So, of course, Tuckman goes into each one in details, and we're trying to make our episodes shorter, so I won't do that. But <laughs> I'd like to briefly mention the stages because I think a major mistake in teams is sometimes jumping to the perform part, so to the last part, to the last stage of a team. And that's where everything starts to go pear shaped. <laughs> so, first, you form. 
the team, mm-hmm. right? We can talk about this maybe in another sound bite about, you know, cultural ad and cultural fit that, that we talked a lot about this and <laughs> we decided we weren't going to talk about it today. <laughs> but today. here I am. <laughs> but you form the team, who you are, you select what each person brings to the table, right? And Tuckman doesn't really talk about this, but this is when diversity comes in. Totally. Right? In a very broad sense. We're talking about different people, worldviews, different skill sets, but also roles, right? Some who lead, some who follow, some who think, others who execute. Yes. Right? The classical case of too many chiefs, not enough Indians. I don't know if you say it like that in English. But the opposite can happen too, you know, when nobody leads and everyone is waiting for instructions. Mm. This is also a challenge. And for teams to function, we need to balance them out, like the vitamins. Yeah. Depending, of course, on the task or goals that you have ahead. Mm-hmm. Knowing what you need is key here. Hiring, you know, it's not just about finding. Mm-hmm. It's about knowing what you're looking for. Good. And for that, you need to know what your team needs. And you need to understand your team deeply to understand its needs, not just what they'll do, but also how they interact. Their strengths, their weaknesses, to see if the new person brings one of those to the table. Hmm. All right. The next It's not stage. just your CV. It's not just your CV. But we're talking about that in another <laughs> We talk about that all the time, though. It's the skill set and your worldview, right? That's why we have this fucking podcast. <laughs> who you are. <laughs> It's who, your humanness. All right. The next stage he talks about was storm, right? This comes after the initial honeymoon. Ah, there is a honeymoon. <laughs> If there is one. Sometimes okay. there is no honeymoon. But sometimes there is a honeymoon mm-hmm. where you're blinded by the love or the excitement of having found the fit for your team. Oh, she's so wonderful she does everything right i love her right we're talking we don't know here. each other we don't well. know each other that well we're talking here about the period of clashing when you start to see like oh really she said that oh, oh. i did not know that I about her yeah, okay. i didn't expect that so the clashing figuring out how to work together interacting with the other person's chaos and mm-hmm. worldviews and weaknesses understanding their norms and then the magic happens the norm the next stage when you figure out how you're going to make this work right yes but this moment you've sorted out your differences you've figured out everybody's role what people bring what tools work best for them and finally you're ready to perform Mm -hmm. sometimes these stages take nothing but sometimes this takes longer Mm -hmm. and sometimes as we said before it just won't happen (laughs) <laughs> I, th- I feel okay. like we've mentioned this a lot. <laughs> Is there something that you want to share? <laughs> Not you. <laughs> no, no, no. Love all my teams. All right, let's get to the hacks. Let's get to the hacks. <laughs> <laughs> Now, before you go forward or pull the plug, like you mentioned on your team, we have to take into account that in any successful team, for the magic to happen, some ingredients have to be present. There are some elements without which teamwork is just not possible. Now, researching for this, we found many lists and pyramids and charts for perfect teams, and we felt that there were some elements missing, so we so. made our own list of ingredients. We're not just going to hand out the tips, don't worry. We're going to discuss these elements in depth because this is the everything else. Yes. <laughs> If you just want a list, then Google it, All right. right? So let's visualize this as a pyramid. We're going to add layers, but if the bottom layers aren't solid, it's all going to fall sooner or later. 
The foundations are what we will build the rest on. Excellent. So here goes the everything else's teamwork pyramid model. <laughs> what? I gave it a name. <laughs> wow. It has a name. It has layers. Wow. And each of these layers are super rich. So focusing on them is totally worth it. Mm -hmm. It is a constant work in progress in the pursuit of that sweet spot. Okay. They are the basis for any team that wants to be memorable. All right. Okay, let's go. Let, okay, okay, let's go. <laughs> let's do it. Number one, the one upon which we build everything, acceptance of otherness. This is not accepting anything from others. Ah. This is accepting that others are different and embracing that notion. Okay. This is the key to accepting what others bring to the table, how they can compliment me, how we can make each other flourish and shine. Hmm. Not how they can be more like me. Definitely not. <laughs> That's what we want though, a lot of the times, right? So this is when a team works well, when together we are greater than the sum of all parts. There's another cliche for you. Yes. There's a great scene in Bohemian Rhapsody. Have you seen that movie? Yes. So. Um, in the movie, when Freddie allegedly tells the band after their first breakup and trying to convince them to get back together, he goes into the rehearsal room and he says, you know, the experience with the other band was awful because I told them what to do and they did exactly that. And this is acceptance at its core. Accepting that, uh, accepting others means that we're going to accept the way others do things and that they bring what they bring to the table, right? Uh, you know, I love that depiction. I remember watching it and saying, wow, <laughs> <laughs> because it portrays that concept of enriching others. Mm. Even if you know more about the topic, even if others don't do it exactly the same way as you do it, others can add to your concept in idea or in execution. Mm. They can ask the right questions or prompt new ideas or insights. Or even interpret what you're saying. I, I can catch the intention or the general idea of what you're trying to say. And I put all that through my own filter and I add to your idea to create a new one, a hybrid of our ideas, right? And that is what sometimes makes an idea viable. Yes. Without that, it's not viable because without that filter, it wouldn't be. And, you know, making a team member do something your way is a path to no success. I totally agree. And I have to say, you know, it takes courage and vulnerability to understand that your view is not the only valid one. Mm -hmm. And we have to get past our own biases and prejudices. And there has to be a degree of admiration in others, hmm. knowing that you can learn or benefit from others. We talked about this a lot when we were talking about communication. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So the, the willingness to cross the bridge. Exactly. All right. Second layer. No, it, it all comes together. Second layer of the pyramid. <laughs> Drum roll. Trust. Trust that everyone is going to do their part that nobody is hiding information or has other motives or objectives or cannot be depended on. Trust that others have the capacity to do their jobs. Yes, we don't all have to be good at everything, but all parts have to contribute or else the chain breaks at the weakest link. Yeah. If this trust is not present, then we can't move on as a team. Mm. And here comes a strong conviction in collaboration in that all parts will aim at the greater good, not focusing only on their own stuff, not having power struggles, 
rather than that trusting each other and that each of them is doing their best can i highlight this as we say <laughs> doing their best at that moment yes right? the best they can <laughs> the best they moment. can at that moment and trust also that if we are aligned and everyone is doing their part to their best intention then if mistakes are made we've got each other's backs right if fear is part of the equation then there is no teamwork possible i think because mm -hmm. everyone is out for themselves right the scarcity mindset the defensive about. things we were talking about yeah um, and it kicks in. So there has to be trust that somebody will catch you if you fall. Basic degrees of psychological safety, right? That you won't be reprimanded if you make mistakes, at least the first time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> we, we talk about that a lot, right? Like if you're always making the same mistake, then okay. <laughs> That's another problem, right? But you won't be reprimanded or humiliated and you won't be forced to do things that you won't don't agree with, right? Yes. Can I just add some you can you here. can do whatever you want this is your podcast okay some people have a distrusting outlook on life and have to work extra on this okay. lack of trust is a defense mechanism we could say it's paranoid mm -hmm. and as the word says it it's a defense mechanism to defend ourselves from things uh, that we fear might hurt us or they have hurt us or we think that potentially could hurt us. So if you are distrusting by nature or you've seen that this happens to you in other contexts in life, be aware of this and your thinking patterns. And if you're not, but someone in your on your team is, accept it and don't take it personally. And if you see that you're always taking it personally, also, Reconsider it. <laughs> Consider your, that you're the, the distrusting one. <laughs> yes. Okay. So, layer three. Healthy communication. The more we understand what is happening, the more we'll be able to regulate what happens and communicate more effectively and clearly what happens. Hmm. This is always work in progress, right? Totally. The important thing here is not to focus on mastering, oh, I've got the communication down. But making sure that you keep the elements in mind to see where you have to put more work in and always go to the lowest part of the pyramid to mm -hmm. start building from there. Yes. Communication is complex and many times we take it for granted, which means that we have to be explicit and make very explicit agreements. Right? Very explicit. Mm, about what we need, about how we can help each other, about how we need things to be done, about where we're at. That's what nonviolent communication can be a great tool mm. to communicate this very explicitly. Mm. Now, as teams grow bigger and bigger, the map of relationships becomes more complex and it takes more time to adapt as a whole, you know? So having these clear and explicit agreements that we have all helped build and we have all had the real chance to express our voice is very important. Mm. Every team has its own particular agreed contract and, and I, I, it, we have to stick to it for a while. Yes. Right? It's not, we're not going to change it all the time. If not, no. it's not a contract. But all And we parties, need certainties also, right? Yes. We need to know where we're standing. Yes. And all parties need to commit to these agreements. And if you don't commit, then you're breaking the deal. And you have to understand that, that it will affect trust and it's a major roadblock. This doesn't mean that it's all a walk in the park though, right? Healthy. Good communication is also about pushback. 
and not just agreeing to anything. I'm a people pleaser, you know, and yes. so I I have issues with this. Yes, <laughs> I don't think conflict can be good, but conflict can <laughs> be great to understand. Can be honest conversations that are always better. Mm. Now that's why I mentioned a real chance to chip in. You know, good conflict respectfully, watching out for tones that are adequate for each situation being aware of the power dynamics, being aware of other people's needs, how they feel. Putting in the time and strategizing on how best to get your point across, yes. right? We can check out, you can check out our episode on communication for more details and help on this. This is, I think we're repeating a lot of the things we've already talked about. We here. might, we might have. All right, let's move on to the next level in the pyramid. We're getting closer to the tip. Go on, number four. Number four, a clear and common goal everyone can get behind. Mm -hmm. This is essential, right? If we don't have a roadmap, it's difficult to understand what the plan is and what the objective is, what we are aiming for. If we are not aligned here, well, everything else is complicated <laughs> we have to look at the simon cynic side of this right be explicit about our why not just where we're going like we're gonna hit this objective sell this amount get this nps we win this award improve our family routine but why we're doing it whatever our goal is and we can investigate later on how to set smart goals we're not going to do that here but if we want everyone to get behind it we have to understand why we're doing it in the most basic of senses and then we'll have commitment towards that goal mm. this is extremely important also to connect on an emotional level to what it is that we are doing, not just being caught having the little differences. Mm. Pat Lencioni, do you know him? No. He, he wrote a bestseller called The Five Dysfunctions of Teams. And he says, if people don't weigh in, they can't buy in, right? Like if you want people to get behind your goal, then everyone has to have a say. A quick disclaimer here though, having a voice, which everyone should have, doesn't mean having veto power. And this is about knowing your role, right? In every team, Everyone should have a voice or an opportunity to express it. But then some people have an actual vote, right? Like they can filter those voices and say which ones are the ones that are going to count. And then very few, like one or maybe two people, ultimately have veto power or make the actual decision. Not everyone makes the decision. And this is important to remember. And this is about power as possibility. Mm. You know, seeing power of the, as the possibility of doing things. This is about accountability. This is about making things happen. Mm. And this is a lot of responsibility also. So it's not a walk in the park. Yeah. Hit me with the next pyramid level. Okay. Number five, accountability. It's interesting that in Spanish, there is no direct translation of accountability, right? Which to some extent, I think is reflected many times culturally. I don't know if I can say this, but <laughs> it's reflected culturally in teams, in the services that we provide and in the quality of our work. <laughs> I don't sometimes. think we can work. <laughs> I don't think we can say it. I this. think we can say it. Okay. I, I think we can say it. It's a cultural thing. I think that sometimes it's reflected culturally in teams in the services that we provide and the quality of our work, not with everyone, but in general, generally speaking, mm. I think there is not that much accountability 
in our culture? You know, in IT, we use many words directly in English and accountability is one of those, yeah. right? Because accountability is not interchangeable with responsibility. It's similar, but it goes beyond that. It means that you are not only responsible for the task, but also for the results of the outcome. Exactly. So you're responsible for doing it and how it turns out. Exactly. And it's about ownership of the task. I am liable twice, that's why it's reliable, for its success and for carrying it out. You do your part and then you stand by it. You make sure that it has been done and done well, right? So this concept of accountability in teams is essential because when you define the norm or the process, then each piece of the puzzle must do their part. When they can't, they have to be clear about it. That's why trust and communication go before this. True accountability is not possible without the other two. Exactly. And once you accept that you're going to go in that direction, then you can say, okay, I'm doing it, but I don't believe in this. Okay. And then we get to the tip of the pyramid. Only possible after all the other layers. All right. Number five. All right. Um, hack number five. Give opportunities. I think it's number six. Number six. Yeah. Hack number six. Evaluate results because the bottom line is we have a goal. We do. And it's great that we are all getting along and that we're building bonds <laughs> and helping each other shine and flourish. But, but <laughs> a good team also gets results, the desired results. And if they don't, then they work on what has to change. This might not be friendly. We've spoken about this before, but it's a fact. It's not a high performing team if we don't get the desired results. And that doesn't happen. If, if that doesn't happen, then we're just people who get along. We can go out for coffee, but <laughs> we shouldn't be working on a project together. And I'd like to add that focus on results is important because seeing what we have achieved make us feel proud and make us build our self-esteem. Mm -hmm. Celebrating what you have accomplished is important. Celebrating the team's achievements as a whole and also the individual aspect. Like even celebrating you, let's take this outside of work, celebrating your love. You, you were saying your, your husband is one of your best teammates. Celebrating what you have accomplished as a couple. You, it can be private or public, like in a wedding, but you need that moment. Yeah, or, you know, when, when you set a goal, appreciating that the other person has done it and exactly. that they did their part. And you know, if, if I like that you mentioned that it builds self-esteem because it sort of goes back to the beginning. That's why this is so perfect. Mm -hmm. But it goes back to what we were talking about, right? Because it nourishes that self-esteem that you need in order to continue trusting, in order to continue working. And the story we tell ourselves, mm. right? Because mm. that's material for that story. Love it. Okay, so celebrating the team's achievements as a whole, but also individual aspect of it. Because making visible how what we have achieved is thanks to the input of each person that makes up the team. team. Yeah. But also that there is something that emerges in the interactions of all these individuals that is greater than the individuals in itself. Mm. There is no I in team. Of course you have to say it. <laughs> I've been waiting since the start of the episode with my quotes. I have one last one. Michael okay. Jordan that says, the great talent, the great talent wins games, but teamwork wins championships. Okay. <laughs> so now that I've added all my Pinterest quotes, I think this is a wrap. All right then. Thanks for tuning in. Go out and make wonderful teams, or at least 
Give it a try. <laughs> And if all else fails, don't forget to focus on the everything else. Bye. Thanks for sticking around till the end so we can give you our CTA. If you like this episode, share it with someone who could use it. And remember to follow us on social media. We are the Everything Else Podcast on Instagram and Twitter, and you can follow us on LinkedIn. We are Vera Babat and Mercedes Remedi. A big shout out to our sponsors, Learning and Abstracta, our sound producers at Oikast, and our producer, Natalie Rogers. 